all for coming. I love to see your faces. It's so much fun. Um, we do this once a quarter. This is Genuine Wisdom, where we take a break from hanging with the guys, and we do ladies only. Um, so our next one is going to be in September, so we'll break for the summer. Um, we do have a couple announcements before we get started. Um, so starting in June, we're going to begin our summer activities, super fun stuff. We're going to start off on June 3rd with the first of the summer concert series. Um, I think we've got a slide for that somewhere. Um, so Sunday, June 3rd, we're going to be out on the STS lawn. Um, we're going to be graced by our lovely Lauren Isel and her husband of St. Jane. Yay! Oh, yeah, we'll have a cake. It'll be great. Um, we're going to have refreshments. We're going to have King of Pops. Um, we're going to have t-shirts for purchase, which is super fun, a women's ministry t-shirt. So um, please mark your calendars for that. We would love to see you there. Um, we also have a summer Bible study that's starting um, on Gen- uh, yeah, Genesis. That's starting on June 5th. That's Tuesday evenings. Um, and all this is available on our website, so feel free to check it out. Um, and then next is the 20s and 30s soccer game. So I think I announced this last week at the 20s and 30s event. Um, I've never been to a soccer game. Is that not weird? Born and bred in the South, college football, right? But, yeah, I've been kind of excited about Atlanta United. I thought we need to have a summer outing. So we're all going to go to the soccer game. Uh, tickets are already pre-purchased. We're going to make them available next week for you guys to purchase. They'll be $25 even. Um, great seats. And there's only a limited amount of seats. So once they're gone... Sally, they're gone. But if you still want to go and it's sold out, come see me because we might be able to still get tickets. I don't know. We could possibly work that out. Seat tickets. Definitely seat tickets. Yes. So look out for that next week. Um, we'll announce it. We'll probably release the tickets next Thursday at the 20s and 30s. And then I'll send out an email to everybody. So you'll also have the ticket link. All right, last but not least, um, in late July, July 26th, it's a Thursday night, we're going to have a movie night, ladies' movie night. In the center of your tables, you will find a ladies' movie night ballot. We want you to cast your vote for what movie we show. Uh, We want your input. Um, Obviously, within reason, it needs to be fairly clean, um, so don't get wild with your imaginations, um, but um, fairly clean, yes, like, we'll go with, I don't know, we've shown some really interesting things in the past, but I don't know, I don't know, cast your vote, and we'll figure it out, but if we choose your movie, you get a prize and a shout out, if we don't choose your movie, you can still come, and enjoy. We'll have popcorn, movie candy. Um, it's going to be awesome. We've done this several times in the past. It's a lot of fun. Um, the last movie we showed, oh gosh, Susan, help. What was the last one we showed? Amazing Grace? Yeah, Amazing Grace, which was really wonderful. Is the story of uh, William Wilberforce. Um, absolutely awesome. So that's all the announcements that I have. Uh, Lisa's going to come up and introduce our speaker. Hello, everybody. 
Um, before I introduce a speaker, I have to introduce a really, really special guest, and that's my daughter, Jenny Wilkes Wilkerson. Wilkes to Wilkerson. She's been married a year, so I just wanted to introduce. Well, stand up so they can see you. <laughs> she came in for Dallas, from Dallas for Mother's Day. Um, but then our special, special speaker I want to introduce. Um, tonight we're going to be talking about authentic community, uh, yieldedness in friendship, and authentic community. And our speaker exemplifies this in such a precious way. I met Stephanie Harvey, our speaker, uh, in 2008. And her husband was in my husband's radical mentoring group, which is a discipleship program here at Apostles. And he kept talking about this really cool Brit who was a rock star of young men, and it was Stu, her husband. And at the end of this radical mentoring, they have this um, couples gathering. So that was the first time I met Steph. And during that time, she found out some really tough news that she will share tonight. And that was uh, that her child that she was carrying had spina bifida. And I watched Steph wrestle with it after the shock, Um, sit with it with God, invite community, invite her friends in, and then ultimately embrace it, embrace him, embrace the situation. And what I learned in that time is the value of people who come along beside you and walk through that. And so Steph and I went our separate ways. That was a rough season for both of us. And then God, is, God brought us back together in the, last, in the last year. And that's what he does with friends. Seasons come and seasons go. And now I have a season of spring again with Steph. And um, she has, has been married to Stu for 15 years. I mean, y'all weren't, I mean, that was 10 years ago. <laughs> um, and she has three beautiful children. And uh, she is a friend to so many people in this church and has connected so many generations of people. And uh, there are people who came just to support you tonight from all different ages. And I just want to welcome Stephanie Harvey. And she has a really special message prepared for y'all tonight that is going to bless you tremendously. Thank you, Steph. Oh, I'm so honored to be here tonight, and um, I do have a little prop, but I'll, I'll come back to that in a minute. Um, I'd just love to pray for us. God, I thank you that you are the all-wise God, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. I thank you for your faithfulness to gather us here tonight. I thank you for your word that is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. God, would you in your love um, speak to our hearts tonight. May our gaze be upon you. Lord, would you teach us as our ultimate friend that you call us friend. Thank you, Lord. Would you show us, God, your heart for friendship and community. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Well, friendship and community is kind of a big topic. I mean, there's so many directions we could go with this conversation. And uh, when I was asked to speak to you tonight, I I had to kind of swallow hard at first, thinking about where to go with the conversation, and then also to take a really deep breath because, you know, I know it meant that God probably wanted to do some digging in me and some refining, and, um, but I said yes, (laughs) and I'm thankful to be here Uh, because this is an area where God has done just amazing things in my, in my life, and, and I know he has in yours as well. Um, but knowing the maturity of this group, you know, I knew we could go deeper. And um, Revelations twelve eleven says, We will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And, you know, me, Stephanie Harvey, I, I have thoughts and I have experiences and opinions and preferences and quirks and blind spots and all of that. Um, but my prayer tonight is that he would work deeply in our hearts and bring hope and freedom and victory um, and friendship and community in our lives as we point to what he has done. So I'm going to share my story, but it's, it's really what he has done, and I know... He's doing that work in your lives, too. Um, As I've looked back over the last 20 years, um, and even just thinking about your group here, that um, there's amazing testimonies and wisdom of those I know of you and those that I I don't. I still have one year left to be considered a 20s and 30s, and um, I've been thinking about, I'm clinging to it. I can really be at Genuine Wisdom in two capacities tonight. Um, but I've been thinking about what God has done in my life over the last really 15 to 20 years. Um, and how would I describe where I was as I started this season of my life? And what has he done in those years in friendship and community? Um, I would say, as we've kind of been talking and praying through this, as I thought about you know, the beginning part of my 20s, that I had a list um, do you do you have lists? Is that something that, that resonates with anyone? Um, as I left college, which was really a very rich time of, of falling in love with Jesus for me, um, of discovering the, the power of his word, uh, my real first taste of Christian community. And I was really, I was ready to walk into life with Christ. And as much as I understood surrender, I really was listening as I entered that next season of life. But there was still that list where I hoped surrender would take me and um, what I thought surrender should look like. Um, And at that time, I I knew God had opened this door for me to go to London. Here's my my bus. I I found this today, and I'm going to talk more about this in a minute. Um, But as I was digging through my kid's box of trucks that I'd put in the storage unit and pulled this out. Um, What's so sweet about this is this is actually the number 11 bus. This was my actual bus route that I took in London every day. But I was a theater major in college, and and that was a huge instrument of refinement uh, for me and my walk. And by his grace, he kind of led me away from acting and and down the design road and provided this opportunity for me um, and a real desire to study professional makeup artistry in London. And so, you know, the list that Stephanie uh, thought God might have had as I got on that plane um, was, you know, move to London, 
find an amazing, solid, vibrant church full of you know, all nationalities of people, but also a whole lot of godly, edgy, Mr. Darcy-like guys, who, uh, one of whom might be a cross between Chris Martin and Coldplay and Matt Redman, and um, who would lead worship barefoot. And uh, meanwhile, you know, I'd be um, a light to everyone in my school for Christ. I would infiltrate the fashion and film scene for the Lord get married in a quaint English church and everyone would wear peculiar hats and fascinators and I'd become, you know, an established makeup artist in the entertainment industry where I could point every famous actor I worked with, with to Jesus. And um, our trendy British children, you know, would play together in our backyard and we'd do backyard Bible studies with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and all those that I'd led to Christ. Um I'm being a little over the top here, but okay. Now, truly, I really was walking daily with the Lord, and I was hungry for Him and for His ways. But if I'm honest, this list was there, whether I talked about it or, you know, those, there was this list. Um, And the list also of what Christian friendship and community should look like. And um, some of these things on my list were right, but also in light of some really challenging circumstances. Um, and my family growing up, some of these lists and these ways of thinking um, were really that if I if I followed a certain list, that I would avoid pain. Um, you know, I'll, I'll do things right, and hard things won't happen to me. And if I choose a certain group of friends, or if I order my day in a certain way, um, if I'm obedient, if I'm yielded, if I'm surrendering, I'm, I won't have pain. And now looking back at God's goodness in my time in those years, I really see that you know, he was pursuing me and he was establishing my trust in him um, as he continued you know, his good thread in my life. And I can stand here today in awe and thankfulness. I, I truly mean that um, at what he was, and he really still is teaching me um, to hand him my list and to trust him. Because his ways are best. Uh, one of my favorite things to do in London was to ride the bus. Um, I really I preferred it to the tube. It was up in the daylight. I didn't feel claustrophobic. It smelled much better. Um, but I also just loved watching. Um, in the front upstairs seat, you can like right there. That's where I like to sit um, with my Walkman and my mixtape. I am really good at making a mixtape. Spotify is such a glorious thing for me because now the playlist going through my whole life, I can like make all my different lists. List. Where do I go again? Make it a list. But the, I love music, and I would have my, my tape, and, um, and I'd watch the streets and the neighborhoods change. I loved seeing the parks and the squares and you know Big Ben and St. Paul's up in the distance and... Um, just watching the moms with their strollers and all the businessmen and the languages and the hairstyles and the smells and just taking in what life was like for all these people. And when I wasn't in a hurry, I would choose a longer route to take home sometimes just to take in more of the city. Um, and after each bus stop, that bus would get fuller and fuller until you almost kind of feel crushed. And then I would just kind of get out and then take a really long walk home. Um, it was great to have time to do that. 
but as I've been praying and reading about friendship and community, those bus rides have come to mind. And without sounding trite, I, we can really think of our lives like this bus ride. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We are going somewhere. Um, This world is not our home, and if we're in Christ, we are headed towards eternity with him. And if we're not in Christ, then we're headed for eternity separated from him. And how... I long to see Jesus sitting at the right hand of God. And my prayer is that we would consider him and fix our eyes on him on this race, on this bus ride. Um, As I've been preparing, I've I've had the old um, Woody Guthrie song going through my mind. This train is bound for glory, this train. Um, You know, I did actually find an amazing, vibrant church in London And I did meet my Darcy, but he was a brilliant math guy, um, working a business job, who was very musical, but he also wore crossword puzzle socks instead of bare feet. And um, he was a godly man of amazing integrity and wisdom, and what a gift my stew is to me. Uh, But our story didn't unfold according to my list. I really resisted what God was doing for a time, and... Um, but I heard the Lord's voice as, as he opened, as he just kept gently leading me. Um, I just heard his voice reminding me so kindly, abide in me. Just keep abiding in me and I will abide in you. Uh, we, had a, we did have a really special wedding. It wasn't in a quaint little church in England. It was in 90 degree heat in Loganville, Georgia, in my parents' front yard in August. Um, and all the Brits were melting. They love to remind me of that. Um, I was able to love the people in my makeup program with Christ's love, and, and one was even a bridesmaid in my wedding. But I, there were so many that I won't know um, until eternity what God was fully doing in their hearts. Um, and I actually did. I had a job opportunity come up in Los Angeles, and... That would have taken my life in a completely different direction. And I know God could have used me there for his glory. uh, But that tenderness to yield and trust him was growing. And as my list just gradually started fading, abiding in him meant marrying Stu, moving back to Atlanta, working as a makeup artist here way before Atlanta became Yollywood, um, And then leaving that season of my career as God grew our family. And instead of backyard Bible studies in Kensington, you'll find me in the preschool chapel during VBS at Apostles now. Um, So so the bus ride. Who who are your first friends? Just take a minute to think about who are the very first friends you remember. I, I don't know what this says about me, but mine were an imaginary friend named Girly Funt. And an actual cow 
a red three-legged cow that I named Katie after my favorite doll. And then it was Keely Brannon, and we held hands walking down the hall at school and played in her creek. And probably my most influential childhood friends were um, on our neighborhood, on our cul-de-sac at Cherry Way. And there was Emily Thompson next door, and we loved to uh, decorate elaborate, we made elaborate Barbie houses out of her whole entire room. And we also had a Kirk Cameron fan club in her basement. I now, I now like to think that that was an early stirring to pray for him. So God knew that he was going to be a great man of God one day. So that's how I view that one now. Um, and then next to Emily with my cousins, Bill and Carrie. It was so cool to live next door to your cousins. And we talked so much about our kickball games and our Ewok birthday parties. And um, at the height of my awkward stage, Bill even agreed to be my date to homecoming. I had a really long awkward stage. And... Um, once we got there and at 13 realized we were on a date with our cousins, like that was a really awkward moment. But they are still just my treasured, such a treasured part of my life. But we don't, you know, we don't start off life stuck in our list. As children, you're friends with who lives near you or who you sit by on the school bus or in Sunday school class or, um, you know, as I pray for my children, their brother and sister in their own house, you know, I pray for them to be amazing friends. Psalm 139 tells us, though, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Uh, we're learning and shaping our ideas about community from the beginning. And we'll all also have broken ideas that he longs to redeem. The scripture that is really my life verse, it's kind of my Ebenezer, is Ecclesiastes 3.11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Um, Over the last several weeks, I really thought back over the bus stops of friendship and community in my life. And like the people in your life, I could talk about that all night. Some of them I've lost touch with and some of them I hear from once in a while Um, But most of those who were true markers in my story, and you'd probably say the same in yours, even if we speak less often, are part of my heart, and there's a bond that's just instantly there when we see each other. Um, We're not to remain alone on the bus. God has said it's not good to be alone. Um, Girly Funt and Katie the Cow were one of those first bus stops for me. Um, And once I moved to the big city of Lilburn, um, my mom asked me one day, where's Curly Funt these days? And I said, oh, she moved to Africa. Um, <laughs> Ecclesiastes 4 says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, and a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So what is friendship? What is community? Um, To be honest, those words slightly irk me sometimes, because we throw them around as part of our Christian vocabulary, and we know we need it, and we know we want it, but we also know how hard it is to understand, and it's even harder to obtain. And in this season of my life, I would really say um, the reality of quality over quantity is very true. I think back over those days when I would spend not a day, but days 
with my girlfriends. Um, you know, taking five-mile walks on Saturdays, making a meal out of popcorn and Junior Mints and Dr. Pepper, um, or sitting all day in our PJs watching movies. And can I say, if you still have that margin, do it. Just do it. You're not going to have that forever. Um, but now you would more likely find me hidden in a dark corner of the church on a Wednesday night for 30 minutes, a real conversation with a friend while our children are being cared for. You know, you just have to take that quality time. Uh, Webster's 18.28 defines true friendship as a noble and virtuous attachment. I love this. Springing from a pure source, a respect for worth or amiable qualities, an attachment to a person proceeding from intimate acquaintance and a reciprocation of kind offices. Um, You may have heard the word for community in Greek. It's koinonia. The close association between persons emphasizing what is common between them. Um, I'm covering these two together, although everyone in your community won't be your best friend. But your closest friends do typically grow out of those that you're in community with. Jesus had different levels of friends. There were a smaller number who sat and slept with him in the garden in his anguish. They weren't perfect best friends. Um, And I love the variety of friends that Jesus had. Um, Poor, wealthy, siblings, widows, old, young, introvert, extrovert, the talker, the listener. But all broken, all sinners, um, but all finding their worth in him. Uh, Acts 17 24 through 28 is is really um, a scripture that's illuminated so much to me about how God works in community. And I do want us to talk about this tonight. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. From one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth and he determines the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. So Webster's definition says true friendship springs from a pure source. God is the source. Our source of life, our breath, of everything else. In him, we live, we move, we have our being. It's his bus. He is the bus. He's the way, the truth, the life. Um, Stu and I are grappling with the reality that we're really entering the midlife stage. We kind of like say, is this our midlife crisis? Is that your midlife crisis? Is that no red convertibles yet? Or just the toy red bus? Um, But but look at thirty nine. Looking back over the race I've run, I I still wrestle with what the relationships in my life should look like, and my heart and my flesh lead me astray way too often. But what I do see more and more um, is the freedom of being yielded in relationships. And in where he puts me and with whom he surrounds me. And then also where he doesn't put me and with whom he doesn't surround me. And discerning between the two. He determines the time set for us. 
the exact places where we live. We live in Atlanta or Smyrna or Marietta or Dunwoody in 2018. I live at 1511 Memory Lane. Yes, I live on Memory Lane. Isn't that great? Um, God has blessed me today with a husband and three children. Our families, some live in Loganville, Georgia, some live in England. Um, The people around me, it's the same with you. You're placed in in this church, in your neighborhood, in your schools, in in your jobs, in the work he's doing, with the personalities, the talents, the treasures, the time that he's given. Why does he have us where he has us? So that we would seek him and perhaps find him, though he is not far from each one of us. But this is not just about us. The world is watching, sisters. They're watching. When we bought our house a few years ago, um, in the backyard was this massive patch of azaleas, probably 20 of them, just all grouped together. And they had been there since the house was built in the 60s, and they literally took up the whole back corner of our yard. And we wondered, was this meant to be a maze? Can you see it from space? What, what are these azaleas? Um, so these azaleas were massive, and for two days a year they'd bloom, and it was just incredible. And we thought, well, maybe we can transplant them. Maybe, you know, there's so many of them, I think we could line our entire property with these things. But as the landscapers came and looked at them, um, they said, you know, they're so old, they're so ingrained in the soil, their roots are so thick and dry and inflexible that they could not be transplanted. And they had to bring in a huge piece of equipment, a big backhoe, and rip every one of them out and dispose of them. And at that time, I was in the midst of a lot of transition and some really significant communities in my life. And the Lord really used the picture of those azaleas. And he spoke to my heart, you know, I don't want you to be like these azaleas that aren't able to be moved, that can't be transplanted to different soil. Are your roots yielded to me? Can I pick you up and plant you where I know you'll thrive? Are you yielded to me? Are we yielded? Are our roots thriving in the soil where he's planted you? As he says in Acts 17, what are your exact places where he set you? Where do you live? Where are you today? Which bus stop? Um, I think about sitting in the nursery when my Liam, who's 11, was six months old, just downstairs, and doing just my designated volunteer time with another mom. And in that simple moment, I found one of my very best friends, and we have walked through the hardest days of our lives together. Um, A few years ago, it was 5 p.m. on a weekday, and in my little house, with every toy and every Lego on the floor and probably a full-blown pillow fort in the works in my living room, some sad recipe. Some, I think I was making some, trying to be healthy with a meatloaf recipe. It was getting burnt in the oven. And my doorbell rings, and I may or may not have showered that day, but I answered the door. And this cute little curly-haired woman was at the door, and she had noticed our minivan and the sticker of the school we attended which really is known as a precious Christian community. And she knew that, she recognized that, and she came to, and she was looking to buy the house next door and wanted to kind of find out about the neighborhood. And I have been praying for God um, to just bring the right family to buy that house. And inside, you know, 
I didn't really want to let her in. Um, but I did. I invited her in and kicked the legs out of the way. And an hour later, um, I knew she was going to be my new neighbor. And I knew she was the friend I had prayed for. But I would have no idea of the gift that she and her family would be to ours. There's just the, they're a precious gift to our fa- whole family. And I'm so glad I didn't just crank up the worship music I was listening to and, and not answer the door. Um, you know, where are we physically? Where, has, where are the exact places where he's placed you? Um, and mom to mom, many years ago, I met a sweet woman whose husband had just been deployed to Iraq for a year. And she had a toddler and a baby. And I just remember being completely in awe of her peace in such a big life change. And I found out that she lived just around the corner from me in Smyrna. And I knew the Lord had called us to know each other, and, to, and we became great friends. Um, a few years later, I was driving out of my neighborhood to run an errand, and I got a call or a text just asking if I knew was everything all right with this friend. And I knew she was almost due with her third baby. And at that stoplight, the Lord just turned my car left instead of right. And I drove to her house. And as I got up to the door, her mother opened it and shared that she had gone into labor the night before and that the baby had been stillborn. And I turned around, and at that very moment, she and her husband were pulling up in the driveway from the hospital. And I was just standing there in her front yard. Um, And we just collapsed in tears and prayed just with beyond words. God had allowed me to be there, standing on holy ground. Um, I'm so thankful that I lived so close. Um, That was where I was. And I also think about her neighbors and the cars that were driving by as we stood there. And even as I wept, just saying to her, they are watching and they see Jesus right now. Um, And just the preciousness of this woman in her greatest moment of brokenness, she prayed, I'm so glad, Lord, they need you so much. Um, Community are those that you share something in common. And yes, that is the body of Christ, but that's also the places where you are every day. Does your dry cleaner, the lady that checks you out at Publix, your hairdresser, even your next-door neighbor, do they know your name? Do you know their name? Would they ask you to check their mail for them? Would they be surprised to know you were a believer? Do they think maybe you're a little weird? That's okay. Do you have a live nativity in your front yard with 300 people playing with goats and sheep and chickens? We do. (laughs) Some of our bus stops have been very interesting. But I want to be yielded to the stops on his route for me and my family. Um, As Elise shared, our son, middle son, uh, we have Liam who's 11, John is 9, and Annie is 5. And our son John has spina bifida. Uh, we found out during pregnancy. And this body of Christ in this church, Church of the Apostles, um, really became our family as we walked through that diagnosis uh, during my pregnancy and in the early days and, and really still are today. 
Um, as an aside, I do want to encourage you, even at this stage of your life, to not forget about Wednesday night at this church. Um, I know it's a, a hard time of day at times to get here, but having a meal with the collective people of God in the midst of the elderly and the kids running around wild, it's sacred and it's rare. Um, and those Wednesday nights being hugged and prayed over during that time of fear and unknown, um, it was such a balm to my soul. Um, but it took me time to accept the community God was calling us to through that unique part of our family's story. It was a long way from that flat in London. Um, and there was a lot of loss of some dreams, of some lists. That, that took me time. Um, but now, you know, I talk about these communities John's physical therapist, his horse riding instructor, his wheelchair basketball team, um, they are all a very significant part of our lives, both in giving us comfort and support, but also as our ministry. Places where we're able to minister deeply, where not everyone has access or validity. Um, He even brought a family to this church with a son John's age, who also has spina bifida, um, who are walking right along with us in reckless abandon to the Lord, but that I can speak this language with. Um, and, you know, I'd say the expansion of how I view his beauty, how he's taken my love of the good and the true and the beautiful that kind of led me down the career path I had, the bus ride that's moved beyond the years as a makeup artist and revealed um, beauty that is so much deeper and higher and wider, but also having to learn to be yielded to the pain, um, that that's been part of the bus ride. Um, The journey, these kinds of journeys refined who you are as a friend. And I think back to elementary and middle and high school and really even into college, I was kind of everyone's friend. Um, Not that I didn't have horrible mean girl experiences, but all my life I've just had a more loyal, kind of committed, oriented personality, and I could kind of gel in a lot of different groups. Um, Some of my friends have called me the the golden retriever in the group. Um, And I'm thankful for much of the fruit of that. You know, God has really allowed me to learn how to see the beauty in many different types of people. Um, But I would say in the last 10 years, God has done some really deep pruning and showing me unhealthiness um, of a lack of boundaries, of people-pleasing, of the fear of men, the lie that I can be all things to all people. Um, And I'd say... You know, I'm in a different journey, entering a different season as a friend. One of also learning when to step back when God leads. Um, To discern between solitude, which is different than isolation, um, and and busyness. To discern between yes and no, good and best. Um, In the past, and still at times today... I I struggle with performance that taints who God has really made me. And I would say those friendships that have withstood the years are those that at the core I'm myself and where it is safe to be genuine and broken. Um, And I want to encourage you that the greatest concentration of those friendships have come from this church. 
Um, it's also an encouragement that age and time are bearing fruit and teaching me many lessons in friendship. As women in community, we often talk about Titus 2, the Titus 2 model. And um, I do want to read it to you because there is such life and refreshment in this. Titus 2, 3 through 5. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. They can, be, they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Uh, as I think about the provision for me throughout my life, the different communities where he's placed me, I see the godly mentors that he has brought at pivotal moments to lead me toward him, to walk the straight path. Because we're to keep walking. We're to keep walking the straight path. Our seasons will change. I mean, looking around this room, I love, I love genuine wisdom. Um, what a provision for you. Um, this, this type of interaction was so critical in my walk. Um, but it'll look different. This room's going to look different in six months, in a year, in five years down the road for sure. Your buses are moving. And those seasons are by God's good design. I'm so thankful for the examples, not perfect, but consistent examples of women who have gone ahead of me to teach, teach me what is good. Um, they're my mentors, but they, they're also now my friends. And uh, my sphere of community, it, it may look a little different than where some of you are right now, um, but it's a necessary and good priority for me. It's really my, my mission field right now, to love my husband and children, um, to submit to my husband, it's a time where I'm to learn. It takes learning to learn self-control and purity in my words and in my relationships, where I'm really to make the time and priority to be engaged at home. Um, that's different than isolated. That's also a danger for us. Um, and for the intimacy and the time and energy of my life to flow in a rhythm. That's a Janine Dunganism, the rhythm. Uh, that looks that looks different than it did ten or fifteen years ago, and, and it'll change again. And I have those examples. We have those examples of what that next season's going to be like. Uh, but the reality of hours in the day, and you know, that means that the time invested in friendship must be intentional. Um, in, in the four loves, C.S. Lewis talks about the love of philia, of friendship. Friendship arises out of mere companionship. When two or more of the companions discover that they have in common some insight or interest or even taste which the others do not share, and which till that moment each believed to be his own unique treasure or burden. The typical expression of opening friendship would be something like, What? You too? I thought I was the only one. Don't you love those you too moments? Um, when you find those people that you say you share the same love of music and the same books and the same places in the world, um, C.S. Lewis says friendship is companionship transferred to a different level. As God matures us from milk to solid food, and as the bus keeps going, those intentional friendships share the same treasure and the same burden. We have the same gaze. I love the word gaze. 
Don't you love that word? It means to fix the eyes and look steadily and earnestly, to look with eagerness and curiosity as in admiration, astonishment, or in study. Psalm 27, 4 says, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. Those you two friends in Christ share the same gaze. They're yielded to that gaze with you because they found that same treasure and usually the same burden. Um, I've now, now shared with my friends the hardest and holiest of moments, um, the illness and loss of parents, the pain of miscarriage, the death of a friend, of betrayal, the sudden and tragic death of a child. I've walked these roads now. But they're also the ones who'll tell me in love when I'm straying, when I'm too busy. They'll encourage me and they'll not distract me from honoring my husband. They'll ask for forgiveness and they'll give me theirs. And then they'll know when it's time to get out the mixtape and the junior mints and the popcorn. Um, But as I'm riding this bus and I'm watching the years and the hurts and the joys um, and growing more and more pressed in that bus seat by the groaning world, my gaze to get to him is growing more fixed. And I don't want the long detour, but the straight path and the narrow gate and the spacious place. And to have and be a friend that is on that walk together brings clarity of what is real and what is not. Uh, One of my very dear friends reminded me recently of the story The Velveteen Rabbit by Marjorie Williams. This is what the skin horse, who was loved by the boy and old and wise and real, says to the Velveteen Rabbit about what it's like to be real. It doesn't happen all at once, said the skin horse. You become. It takes a long time. That's why it doesn't happen often to people who break easily or have sharp edges or have to be carefully kept. Generally, by the time you are real, most of your hair has been loved off and your eyes drop out and you get loose in the joints and very shabby. But these things don't matter at all because once you're real, you can't be ugly except to people who don't understand. I'm so honored to be riding this bus with you ladies. Um, His ways really are perfect, and his faithfulness is eternal. Friendship and community are his arms around us. And he knows just who you need in your lives and who needs you. Um, And he knows your bus ride. It's a good one. It's a good one. Your lists become his lines to redemption. Um, Psalm 16, verse 5 says, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Are we yielded in friendship? Are we yielded in community? Um, where is our gaze and our friendship and our communities? Uh, we're going to take some time now to talk at our tables through some questions and, and just share that with one another.